Good morning. I have um, been very eager uh, to join with you again, and I am so excited uh, that we can, and it is wonderful to see you all uh, this morning. Um, Christ gave his life for the church. He gave his life for the church. Christ gave his life for the body of Christ. He did not give his life just for me. He did not give his life just for you. He gave his life for the body of Christ, for the church. Now, why do I even say that this morning? It's because of this. Over the last several weeks, one thing has become very clear. Actually, two things have become very clear to me over the last several weeks. Number one is that our culture, but more specifically, the church, does not understand the importance of the church. And when I say the church, I don't mean like as an entity. I mean the regular gathering of the body of Christ. There are far too many that believe that what we've been doing over the past seven to eight weeks is church. It is not. It is not church. It was a supplement. It was something to get us through. It was a tool to provide And I'm so thankful for that. And if you've been watching the videos, you know that I'm thankful for that. I'm so thankful, especially for for, uh, David and the hard work that he's done. I mean, folks, all I did once a week was go over to his house, breaking all the governor's rules, uh, (laughs) going over to his house and preaching a very short sermon. And David and and Amber and Timmy, they they were there as well working. But David especially spent hours putting together these videos. So we do want to thank him. But he and I both are on the same page. That wasn't church. That was a tool. That's the first thing. The second thing is this, and this is where it really hits home, is that I need the church. I need the church. You know, you would think that over the last several weeks that even though, and I was blessed, uh, my wife and I, we were, we were, continually, we were able to continue to work uh, from our home uh, we were able to do that. In fact, I, I told several of you that I was actually more productive in my uh, day job uh, than I am when I'm a- actually in the office because I don't have people bugging me and I can kind of focus. And so I can get done in half a day what would typically take me a day and a half to get done when I'm in the office. And so I'm grateful for that. And we got to start new programs and all that sort of thing. And, but you, I still had more time, more flexibility. But I will say also this is that with that flexibility, you would think that I would be able to spend more time, you know, reading my Bible and studying that my faith would actually, you know, grow and stuff. And folks, I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to be flat out honest with you. It was a very difficult seven or eight weeks for me. That doesn't mean that I didn't study my Bible and that I didn't pray and I didn't sing songs. I didn't pull my guitar out and sing praise songs. I did. But I didn't have you all. I didn't have you all encouraging me and spurring me on. I didn't have you all enlightening me and showing the fruits of labor. I need the church. In fact, I dare say 
that if it wasn't for the church, the body of Christ, if for some reason I departed from the congregation and decided just to go my merry way, I would not be pursuing Christ anymore. I'd be pursuing myself. I'd be pursuing the culture. That's what would end up happening, I think. Because it's the body of Christ that God uses, in part, to encourage us and to spur us on. I did not realize until this quarantine how much I need. You know, I preach about it. I preach about the importance of the church. You all have heard me say it. I preach about it. I commend it. I talk about how important it is. We've had sermons about it. In fact, my very first sermon series at this church was about how important the church is. And honest to goodness, I believed it. I did not know how important it was until I didn't have it anymore. Maybe you all have had the same experience. There is something about being with the body of Christ. And folks, I, and I, I, I want to say this. If, you, if there wasn't a hole in your life, in your spiritual experience, if there wasn't a hole in some way during these last few weeks of being apart, then I dare say you may not grasp the whole importance of what the body of Christ does for the individual believer. You may not quite get that. And my hope is that this break kind of gave us a kick in the pants, if you will, of how important the body of Christ is. And you may say, well, if that's the case, then Brother Chris, you were relying too much on the church and not on God. And I say, absolutely not. Because it is God that put the church in place for the encouragement of believers. The church is a tool, it is an instrument of God for His work to be done. That's what the church is for. It is an, it's an assembly. It is, it is an emissary. It is a, it is a family there to encourage. We need the church weekly, daily. We need it. And I am thankful that I'm back with you all. But I do want to say this. While I would never pray for this virus or this quarantine, I would never pray for that. I would never um, wish the toll that it has taken on families. And as you can see, it's still taking a toll on us. We have many families that are choosing to wait to come back. And I completely support that. Completely support that. Um, and we let everybody know you, they need to come back when they feel comfortable. And uh, we'll continue to pray for them and, and love them during the meantime. Um, I would never pray for this quarantine but I love how God works using even, even these difficult circumstances to bring silver linings out, to reveal where there are holes, to reveal where there are, where there are graces, where there is mercy. And one of the things I am thankful for is that this situation has at the very least realigned my heart and my thoughts about the direction of our congregation. And I've been speaking with several of you, especially David and Christy and Donna, about where we're going to go from here. Because if you've been watching the videos, I've been very clear, is that if we continue doing the same old, same old, 
then we have wasted this opportunity. I don't want to waste this opportunity. I want to use this moment in our history to be able to propel us forward so that we might thrive as a congregation for the sake of the kingdom and the sake of Christ. And so at the end of this message today, I'm going to be sharing a few things that we're going to be prioritizing over the next several months into 2021, okay? And so, and now I kind of laugh because about three years ago, several, uh, several preachers came up with this, and even at the beginning of this year, they came up with this uh, many, there were many sermon series out there called having a 2020 vision, right? We finally have year 2020, right? So we're going to create our sermon series called the 2020 vision. We're going to be so unique. Everybody had a sermon series like that, right? Everybody had a sermon series. I bet they didn't have the vision of what we just had. I bet that wasn't part of their vision. They probably had to scrap that vision and go on with something else, or they better had. So we've been talking over the last three weeks, and I had fully intended to broadcast this one, but since we were able to open, we're presenting it live. We've been talking about uh, worship. We've been talking about service. And today we're going to be talking about evangelism. Because over the next several months leading into the new year, I want us to, to rethink how we look at worship. And when I say worship, I don't mean Sunday morning. What I mean is worship on Sunday morning as well as personal spiritual disciplines. How we think about worship. You notice today that you know David and Amber sang a song and then I came up and I'm starting to preach. You're going to see more of that. We are redesigning how we do Sunday morning worship. It will be, it, you won't recognize it from pre, we need a new acronym. It's not like AD and BC now. It's going to be like, you know, I don't know, before quarantine, right? And so it's going to be different. It's going to look different, all right, how we worship, because we've had time to reflect on what God's doing, and we want to be able to do that. And so we're going to focus on worship. We're going to focus on service, and we are going to focus on evangelism. That's where we are today. So if you would open your text, and you would stand with me this morning, I believe that's within, we can still stand. I think that was, that wasn't uh, disqualified, right? All right. Very good. Just make sure, and see, you notice that I'm more than six feet away from you all from here. I'm not wearing a mask because you wouldn't be able to hear me. I also spit a lot, so you all are protected, okay? You all are protected. We are going to be in Philemon. Philemon, just a brief time today. We're keeping this message short. Philemon, verses 4 through 7. You notice there's not even chapter in here. Verses 4 through 7. And, and Paul writes here, he says, I thank God... Always, when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have towards the Lord Jesus and for all the saints, and I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the church. We thank you for the body of Christ. And I pray that there is a new vigor that is flowing through the, the body of Christ, that we are encouraged, that we are strengthened, that we are on fire for ministry, more so than we were before this quarantine, and that we might commit ourselves to the gospel, the sharing of the gospel, to service and to worship of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, be with me this morning as I, as I share this, this brief message this morning that it might enlighten and it might um, encourage one another. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The truth is that 
We were sinners. I love that video that we just watched. I love that video because it is really the story of us. We were sinners. We were lost. But God did not leave us in the miry clay. God saved us from that miry clay, that sin, by sending his son to die on the cross. And three days later, after being buried, he was raised, having victory over death. And that we might be saved through the work of Christ by repenting and believe. That is the gospel. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. But as you know, good news is only news if you share it. News is meant to be shared. Far too few, far too many of us, I should say, far too many of us, and I include myself in this, are more like spectators. So I think about the news, and and I, I can tell you this, whenever something happens in the news that is of some uh, like breaking news, if you will, especially involves a celebrity, I know that I can expect a phone call from my lovely mama, that my mom's going to call me, and she said, did you hear? Did you hear? By the way, it's her birthday today, so I told her I was going to embarrass her, and so... <laughs> And so anyway, uh, so she would call me. Now, here's the thing. Several years ago, before there was the advent of Facebook and Twitter, all right, she got a lot more fun out of this. She would call me and say, did you hear? Because she's on the news all the time and I'm not. She was sharing that news, all right? Did you, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, or something else, right? I don't know why Michael Jackson came to mind, but that's the thing, okay? Well, now she doesn't have as much fun because I have Twitter, and it's on Twitter before the event actually occurs, right? And so I, so Mama called, did you hear? I was like, yeah, I knew about it last week, Mom. And so, so now I, she's been going to classes and counseling and stuff because of this. But the news is meant to share. But far too often, the church acts as spectators to this good news rather than deliverers of this good news. I wish more of us were like my mother wanting to call somebody, Did you hear the breaking news? Jesus rose from the dead. But we don't do that. It's just kind of old hat. Oh, I knew about that. I knew about that last week. No, it's still exciting. The fact that Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and was raised three days later. Folks, that is still breaking news. If that had happened today, it would still be on the, the ticker on the bottom of Fox News and CNN and MS, not MSNBC, they don't care, but I'm playing, I'm playing, okay. But seriously, it would still be there. They would still be talking about it. It's still breaking news. And we've been called to share that breaking news. So we're here in this text real quick this morning, and we're in Philemon. It's a fairly obscure letter, but I love this letter. And what it really is, it's Paul writing to his friend Philemon, and they, they have a small house church. It's just a small house church. Philemon is probably either an elder of that group or he's a deacon in that group or somebody like that. He's in that, that house church. And, and Paul's writing to him because Paul is saying, listen, 
This, this, this fellow you might have issues with, uh, and, and Onesimus, you can pronounce it in many different ways. I pronounce it Onesimus. Um, th- this, you might have issues with this Onesimus, but listen, he became, I've became sort of like a spiritual father to him in my imprisonment, and I'm sending him back to you. Now listen, you may have issues with Onesimus. You may have issues with him, but I want you to know that anything you hold against him, put it on my account because I want you to accept him with open arms. I want you to do that, all right? Because he left you, you might be upset, he may be indebted to you for whatever reason, but listen, he has become sort of my spiritual child, if you will, and I want you to accept him, and he's going to be useful to you now. He's going to be useful to you now in the ministry that you have there in your house church in presenting the gospel. So that's sort of the background of what Paul's doing, but then he, he kind of has this general introduction, if you will where he says, I thank my God always when I remember you. He does this a lot in his letters. But this one kind of focuses on Philemon and the others, their efforts in sharing the faith. And so I just want to look at three things real quick, quickly, quickly this morning, the benefits of evangelism. Because oftentimes when we think of evangelism, we think primarily of what evangelism is doing out there. We don't think about what it's doing in here. But evangelism helps us. When we share the gospel, we benefit from it as well. We benefit from it as well. So let's just look at this. The first thing is evangelism, sharing our faith. It, well, first of all, our faith, all right, our faith encourages others. Let's just start there. Our faith encourages others. He says, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. So Paul is praying for Philemon in his house church because, this is why he thanks God, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. You all know as well as I do that when you see somebody who has strong faith, that that's not just an encouragement for the church as a whole. It's an encouragement to you. It's an encouragement to you. I am, that's why these past two months have been so difficult for me because I am spurred on by your faith. When I see your faith in action, it encourages me. It gives me hope. It gives me desire. It gives me encouragement that I can press on. So our faith encourages others when people see it. So we need to remember that our faith is not just for our benefit. It's for the congregation's benefit. It's for the community's benefit. It behooves you to grow your faith, not just for yourself, but for the love of other believers. So that's the first point. Your faith encourages here. So he says, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. Now, What does that look like? What does that faith look like? Well, that goes into the second point. The fact that sharing of the faith, the sharing of the faith grows faith. So let's look at that. It says here, And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. When we share, see, our faith kept to ourselves is honestly not very useful for the kingdom. 
It's really not. So I might look at Debbie Hawkinsmith, and I may say, Debbie is one of the most faithful women that I know. But if Debbie keeps her faith hidden under a bushel or something like that, where nobody can see, two things happen. Number one, I can't be encouraged and be able to say that Debbie is one of the most faithful women I know. That's the first problem. And the second problem is because I can't say that, I can't give God the glory for that. Her faith is not something that she developed on her own. Her faith is a fruit of what God did in her and through her. And so her faith helps me. It grows the church. Your faith helps grow the church. I can, I can mention this about George, Mr. George uh, Hellard, over the course of these last several weeks. And of course, Miss Libby went home to be with the Lord a couple weeks ago. And, but seeing his faith during this very difficult time, and it would have been difficult no matter what, but it was made even more difficult because he did not have the congregation, the body of Christ, to be able to surround him during that time. But to see his faith being poured out during this time just encouraged me just encouraged me. And so sharing faith, sharing our faith grows. Now, what do we mean when we say sharing the faith? We mean sharing the gospel. We mean sharing the truth of what Christ did and is still doing in us and through the body of Christ. This is breaking news. We need to get on the horn and call people about it. We need to let people know what Jesus has done. And you may say, do I just call people who are unbelievers? No. Get on the phone with people who have been saved as long or longer than you and tell them what Jesus has done and is still doing in your life. Folks, I was saved many years ago. I still like hearing what Jesus did for me. I still like hearing what Jesus did for you. There is no news better than the good news. It's not something that gets old. It's still fresh. And here's why. Because the good news of what Christ done, the work of Christ, is not something that just happened in the past. It's something that Christ is still doing today. Jesus is alive, folks. He's still working. So let's share it. Let's tell people about it. Because our faith and the sharing of our faith is not just beneficial to the lost. It's also beneficial to the body of Christ. This is something that we should be talking about all the time. It should be on the tip of our tongue. It should be the first thing out of our lips. God is working. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You know, we always talk about how we, you know, in casual conversation, we talk about the weather, right? Randy Travis even wrote a great song about it. Men talking about the weather, old women talking about old men, right? Great song. One of the first songs I learned to play on the guitar. It's true. We talk about the weather. What if our conversations started with talking about Jesus and we turn that cliche around and we start talking about Jesus more than we talk about the weather? Because the weather changes, but Jesus doesn't. Let's talk about Jesus. And the final point is this. Sharing our faith brings joy. It brings joy. It brings a refreshment. It brings this sense of peace. Let's see what Paul says here. 
it says, For I have derived much joy. You see how the sharing of the faith and Philemon's faith has, has caused Paul to be encouraged, even while in prison. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because of the hearts of the saints have been refreshed from you. So Paul is being encouraged and being brought joy because of what Philemon is doing in his house church by sharing his faith. Faith encourages, faith grows, faith benefits, but the only way that happens is if we share it, if we, if, if we inform people of this breaking news. So folks, let me just end with saying this. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be doing things different. We're going to be doing church different. It's not going to look the same. It's not going to look the same. And I mean more than just more technology and stuff like that. We're going to still do more technology. We're going to incorporate that. We're going to do daily, well, weekly devotionals <laughs> at, at whatever level that we can. We're going to be meeting on Google Meet and stuff like that and conversing that way. We're going to have those types of avenues. That's great. That's new. We're going to do that. That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is this. We want to do three things. We want to have sort of this new gospel life to be invigorated in our church. And the first one is this. We want to cultivate a new spirit of worship. All right? I want to be refreshed knowing that you all are not just encouraged by our Sunday morning worship, but by your worship individually in your homes. I want, to, I want to see us dive into our Bibles. I want us to see us talking about our prayer life. Man, I was praying for, you know, for about an hour the other day, and this is what God did during my prayer time. You know, this is how God uh, encouraged me during this prayer time. So we want to cultivate a spirit of worship. Number two, we want to prioritize hearts of service. All right? We want to prioritize hearts of service. We want to be more service-oriented. Now, what churches happen to do often is they have all these great ideas and they do none of them well. That's not what we're doing. We're a small congregation. That's why we can meet very readily in here, okay? We're a small congregation. We're going to pick one or two things that we can do just a great job at. And we're going to prioritize those services. And as we grow as a congregation, we'll add but we're not going to get sight. We're not going to get. Uh, we're not going to, you know, scope. Uh, uh, what, what, what's the term? What? Scope creep. So, yeah, there we go. I should know that. We talk about it all the time. We're not going to scope creep. We're going to focus on our priorities. We're going to do them well, and then we're going to add to it as the as the Lord adds to the body of Christ. So we're going to cultivate a spirit of worship. We're going to prioritize hearts of service, and then we're going to grow faithful evangelism. Folks, we have got to start sharing the gospel and sharing the story of Jesus outside of these walls. We've got to start telling people this breaking news of what Christ has done. It's got to be part of our regular conversations. Now, you may say, I'm not good at that. Well, we're going to help you with that. If I can do anything for you, I want to be able to help you share Jesus. So that's what we're going to focus on. And we're going to focus on a multitude of ways of doing that. Folks, Christ came to save sinners. It does not help the sinner out at all if we don't tell them about it. So let's start sharing it. 
Let's start sharing it. No more excuses. No more, well, God's not calling me to that. If you're saved, he's calling you to it. Calipari didn't call you to be on the Wildcats, but you talk about them. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's share about Jesus. Let's not think about a new normal. Let's just seek to thrive as we follow Christ faithfully. And if that means that everything that we've been doing for the last few years needs to be turned on its head, then let it be turned on its head. I don't care. The only thing that can't change is this, the gospel. The gospel cannot change, and it will not change. But how we do it, let's do it, and let's do it well and do it faithfully. Does that sound good? Can we do that? Can we do that? Let's focus on that. Let's commit to that. Now, next week, when we gather, we are going to talk about those three things more specifically. That's going to be the heart of the message next week from Scripture. We're going to talk about those three things. I'm hoping that more people feel comfortable about coming next week, but we'll start right here. If it starts with just us, 20 of us, or whatever we are, then let's do that. Let's do that. And let's be in prayer for this, that we don't waste the situation that we've been in, but use it for God's glory.